are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast. You're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day listening to who? The always wonderful host of this podcast, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I recently just started a new job with the Arizona Coyotes as a graphic designer. So please go check out my website, millerthomas24.myportfolio.com. On there you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. And don't forget to follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account at LockedOnDimebacks on both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. Now. For today's show, we got a whole bunch I want to talk to you guys about. I want to start off the show by doing what we did yesterday, but this time with Eduardo Escobar diving into his numbers to start the season and discussing whether Fogo is back. Then we're going to be talking about tomorrow's game in the segment number two today. And then we're going to wrap up the pod by talking about today's game uh, with Merrill Kelly on the mound, where we're going to do a little live reaction to that game. Because it, it is, it's currently 6.50 p.m. as I'm recording this. The D-backs are currently playing. It's the bottom of the 7-2 routes. Yoan Lopez is on the mound. So we'll talk a little bit about the, about the D-backs game going on today. But first, I want to talk to you guys about Locker Room. Because today's episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app and join me this Saturday. We'll go live after the D-backs game. Get in on the action. Locker room changing the way we talk sports. Now, let's jump right into it. Let's talk about Eduardo Espar. Let's start off with baseball reference and look at his splits, just like what we did yesterday with Carson Kelly, because Eduardo Espar, he he started the season pretty slow. Uh, He didn't come out the gates too hot. I would have to look at his game log. Let me look at let me pull up his game log real quick to see how he started out the gates because he did not start off too hot. He didn't have his first hit till the fourth game of the season. Only one hit through his first five games, but has been on an absolute tear since then. Because in Eduardo Espar's last six games, and that's not even including tonight where he had a home run. In his last six games before tonight. Eduardo Escobar had a 375 average, a 1381 OPS, four bombs, eight ribbies. The man was on fire. Now he can make it five bombs in the last seven games. Fogo Power is back. This man has been crushing it lately, and he's doing it pretty much the same against both righties and lefties. We know he's a switch hitter, so it's been pretty much the same for Eduardo Espar on both sides. He's been slightly better, I guess, against righties, which makes sense. He does seem he is better from the left side of the plate as a left-handed batter than a right-handed batter, but both of the splits are pretty identical but what's pretty funny when you're looking at Eduardo Escobar's splits is that he's actually better when he's behind in the count when the pitcher is ahead in the count Eduardo Escobar has a 429 average and 1143 OPS 
as opposed to when he is ahead of the count, when he, when Eduardo Espar has the favorable count. He only has a 118 average and a 681 OPS. So Eduardo Espar is actually doing better when they're when the stakes are raised, when the pressure is higher. When he knows he has to protect the plate and come through, that's when Eduardo Escobar has been at his best. When there's two strikes up there, when when there when he's behind in the count two and one, that's when Eduardo Escobar has to be at his best because those are the situations you know you have to protect the plate and you really have to lock in. We always you know it's a common cliche in baseball when it's 0-2 count or when there's two strikes, you gotta protect the plate. And so maybe Eduardo Escobar is really focusing in when he is behind in the count because that's what the numbers would suggest. And I think one other interesting note when you're looking at Eduardo Espar's splits is that he does most of his damage against relief pitchers. Against starting pitching, he only had one home run on the season entering tonight. Now we can make it two home runs. But against starting pitchers entering tonight's game, he had a 167 average and a 564 OPS. But against relievers, average goes up to 286 with a 1048 OPS. So the dude is crushing against relievers. And yes, you want to see your your starters, your, your position players do better against the starters. But hey... The starters, unless they're they're going, you know, a, a complete game, eventually, at least by the seventh, you know, seventh or eighth inning, you'll get that relief pitcher. And if you can still take advantage late in the game, to me, it doesn't really matter when you take advantage of the situation, as long as you produce when you're up at the plate. And if it takes Eduardo Espar his third try at the plate when he's going against our reliever to produce, I don't mind it as long as the game is still in balance and the D-backs still have a chance to win. So I thought those were pretty interesting splits when looking at Eduardo Espar's numbers. But if you look at his fan graphs, there are some interesting numbers there as well. We're looking at his walk percentage and strikeout percentage. He's actually striking out more this season and walking less, but I don't know those exact numbers in terms of uh, recently versus start of the season because he was striking out a lot at the beginning of the season, and this is all such a small sample size that we always have to take everything with a grain of salt because of it, but looking at his barrel percentage and some of those numbers his barrel percentage is a career high right now at 14.7 percent he's never even cracked eight percent barrel percentage in his career he's at 14.7 percent right now career high in a hard hit percentage at 32.4 percent as well so he's killing it in those two categories and he's taking more pitches this year just overall he's not swinging at as many pitches this season as he was last year he's only swinging about 69 percent of the pitches he's sees compared to last year when it, it was near the mid 70s so uh eduardo Espar, he's having a pretty interesting season to start a uh, pretty interesting start to the season and when you're looking at his splits on stag cast versus certain pitches he is absolutely crushing it against the off-speed pitch he's not doing too shabby against uh breaking balls when it comes to exit velocity 91.1 miles per hour but he's not getting the hits against exit velocity or excuse me not getting the hits against uh breaking pitches only 176 batting average and his expecting slugging is only 379 but against off-speed pitches expected slugging of 657 and actual slugging percentage of 667 a 30 uh, a 333 batting average so he's crushing it against off-speed pitches and you just can't leave uh, a hanging change up because that has been Eduardo Espar's favorite pitch to start the season so uh I want to see a little bit more from Fogo before I def- uh, officially declare him back but 
So far, right now, the last week, the last seven games, five home runs in the last seven. Eduardo Espar looks confident once again on the mound. Not on the mound, at the plate. And it's not just confidence. It, it, it's a certain joy he's playing with. He looks happy again. And maybe that's because he's producing that he looks happy because he didn't look too happy when he was striking out to begin the season. But right now, he's got a smile on his face when he's playing. He's producing in the middle of the lineup. And with Ketel Marte out... Eduardo Escobar has stepped up big time and the D-backs have needed him. And we've always talked about on this pod, we've been beating the drum. He's a huge X-factor for this team. This was a true silver slugger candidate in 2019. Him and Ketel Marte have been a nasty one-two punch for the last couple years. And in 2020, there was no one-two punch because Ketel Marte sucked in 2020 and so did Eduardo Escobar. But before we saw Ketel Marte go on the injured list, he was playing legitimately like the best player in baseball right now, you can say that's Ronald Acuna. Acuna, hope I'm saying that correctly. I saw that video of the fan, uh, that that video of Bryce Harper correcting the fans. So hopefully, I'm saying that correctly. But Cantel Marte was playing like the best player in baseball, and he was one half of the one-two punch. But now Eduardo Espar has come around, and there's still no Ketel Marte, so it's still only one half of the one-two punch, but if Ketel Marte could come back, continue where he left off, and then Eduardo Espar continues this hot streak for a full season, and just back to 2019 Eduardo Espar, this team's offense all of a sudden doesn't look too bad on paper. There's still some concerns for runners in scoring position and just overall making hard contact, but Ah, this team's got a little fight and a little spirit in them, and they might, I don't want to get too overly optimistic, but who knows, they they might be, uh, you know, uh, slightly above 500 uh, by the end of the season. Now, we'll get into tomorrow's preview, Max Scherzer versus Taylor Widener, but first, I want to talk to you guys about Locker Room, because this episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Locker Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. I'll be hosting rooms for Locked on Dimebacks once a week. Yes, you can finally join in on the conversation you listen to every day. Locker Room is the perfect place to start or join conversations about the league. You'll find fans just like you in the Locker Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course reacting to big news or rumors. You will have a chance to chat with me and might even have a chance to be featured on the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast through our Locker Room conversations because I love to take my recording of Locker Room and post it as a podcast episode. So be sure to join me this week. This Saturday, I'll be hosting a room. I'm going post-game after the D-backs win, so go follow me on the locker room app at MillerThomas24, or not 24, just at MillerThomas, first name, last name, that's all, on the locker room app. Don't forget to join the MLB group for the latest league updates, and don't forget to follow me so you get notified when I go live. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it is now impossible to stock all the parts a car will ever need in a traditional chain storefront. TheRockAuto.com is a family business serving auto part customers online for 20 years. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. The TheRockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Best of all, Prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? 
Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com All right, all right, all right. Let's get back into it. Let's talk about tomorrow's start before we talk about today's D-backs game. Because tomorrow, Taylor Widener on the mound versus the Max Scherzer. I always struggle saying his name. And we all know Max Scherzer, former Arizona Dimeback, drafted in the first round in the 06 MLB draft, 11th overall. And Max Scherzer, he didn't spend a long time in a D-backs uniform, only spent two seasons on the major league level. For the D-backs, I guess they did not see enough from him because uh, as a rookie, he had a 3.05 ERA, which was solid, but a 4.12 ERA the next season. And the D-backs, I guess, figured uh, that he was not living up to the billing. He was not worth the 11th overall pick that they took him uh, that they took him at because. They it just did not spend a long time, and they ended up trading him to the Detroit Tigers, and he wasn't alone in that deal. The D-backs also sent out Daniel Schlereth, Phil Coke, and Austin Jackson in that deal. Phil Coke was a pretty good reliever for a long time with the Tigers, and Austin Jackson was an everyday center fielder for the Tigers. So not only they did they give up arguably the the second best pitcher of this generation, you could make him maybe arguably the best pitcher with him. Or uh, Zach, not Zach Greinke, or Clayton Kershaw, because he's a three-time Cy Young Award winner. Led the league in innings pitched twice, strikeouts three times. Uh, game started. Uh, well, that's a dumb stat. Not game started, but complete games three times, shutouts twice. The man is a stud. Led the league in wins four times. Max Scherzer has been one of the best pitchers of the last thirty years. And the D-backs didn't just give him away. They gave away an all-star caliber uh, center fielder and reliever as well. And in return, they did get back Ian Kennedy and Edwin Jackson. But Ian Kennedy was good for a very short period of time. As well, Edwin Jackson, who is a journeyman who likes to play for a whole bunch of different teams. Both of them had solid uh, careers with the, uh, with the Arizona Dimebacks. But none of them, uh, both of them combined, aren't worth a Max Scherzer. So one of the all-time worst deals we've ever seen in baseball history with hindsight because Max Scherzer is obviously one of the best pitchers we've ever seen of at least my generation but he is an older pitcher now and we're not going against that prime Max Scherzer that he was in his mid-20s. Scherzer is 36 years old. This guy's coming toward the end of his career and it's kind of sad to think about honestly but if you look at some of his splits this season, we're going to be looking at his stat cast numbers, of course, because everyone loves to use stat cast. But his fastball, he uh, people aren't really hitting his fastball. Only two hits against his fastball this season, but a slugging of 500, an expected slugging of 798, and an exit velocity of 90 miles per hour. So people are getting good contact against his fastball. And really, the pitch that has not really been working for Max Scherzer this season, he doesn't throw it a ton because of this. But 
And it has to be his curveball. He's only thrown it 13 times on the season, but a 400 batting average against it, a slugging of 1,200, and an exit velocity of 94 miles per hour. People are are absolutely crushing Max Scherzer's curveball. So hopefully if the D-backs can see that in the game against him tomorrow, they can crush it as well. He only throws it 7.2% of the time. His least used pitch. Don't expect the D-backs to see a lot, if any, of the curveball tomorrow. But if they do, they got to jump all over it because Scherzer, even though he is older, he's still throwing around 94 miles an hour, so he still got gas. He's still blowing Madison Bumgarner out the water when it comes to pitching velocity. So he's still a, a good... He's still a good pitcher. He's just not the guy he was in his prime. But for the D-backs, they got Taylor Widener on the mound tomorrow. And he's been pretty good so far for the D-backs this season. Uh, let me, I don't exactly remember off the top of my head, honestly, how Taylor Widener did in his most recent start. So let's go on baseball reference and pull up the numbers because I don't know why, but I'm absolutely blanking on Taylor Widener's most recent start for the Arizona Dimebacks. Let's pull it up. Okay, against the Cincinnati Reds, he gave up three earned runs over five innings. So, okay, I remember now. He was solid. I don't think I really got a chance to watch that game too much, but he was solid in that game. Uh, no walks allowed for Taylor Widener, so still good command. Only threw 83 pitches. So even though that was his worst start of the season, he's only had two starts. Only three earned runs, seven hitches. Uh, he, he gave up seven hits, which you don't want to see, which might be a little bit too much, but still overall good job by Taylor Widener. Got a nice three-pitch mix with a fastball, changeup, and slider. Pretty a uh, pretty standard three-pitch arsenal. And really the, the pitch that he can get in trouble with is his changeup. Uh, he, he's thrown it the second most times of any pitch he has in his arsenal. In his arsenal, he's thrown about 20.7% of the time. He's a heavy fastball kind of guy. It was a fastball 65% of the time, but his changeup, a batting average of 429 against, a slugging of 857 against, and an exit velocity of 97 miles per hour uh his changeup kind of gets crushed honestly when you're looking at the stat cast numbers it doesn't look like it would be an effective pitch but he's killing dudes with his fastball slider uh combo so if he can lean more into that i think he'll be pretty safe against his nationals team uh, not really too scared of this Nationals team right now, even though they got some real ballers in their lineup, like a Juan Soto, who people absolutely love. But right now, the Nationals are 3-6 and six on the season. They're in fourth place, and the D-backs are crushing them right now because we're going to talk about the D-backs game right now, talk about Merrill Kelly on the mound and how he's performing, how the offense is doing. But first, I want to talk to you guys about Bet online because bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Promo code locked on. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Braskowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. 
All right, all right, all right. Let's get back into it. Let's talk about today's Dimeback start. How are we doing on time? Let me check real quick. We're doing pretty good on time. So let's talk about today's Diamondbacks game against the Nationals, the first of a, I believe, a four-game series. The D-backs are up 11-6 right now. Let's see how they scored their last run because I was not able to see that. Hopefully ESPN doesn't have their sound coming through. Hold on. Let's make sure this ESPN sound is not coming through the podcast. Okay, I just paused and restarted the pod uh, real quick because ESPN, every time you click on their website, uh, they just randomly play videos and make you listen to it when you don't even ask to. So I have to make sure that doesn't come through the podcast feed, but it did not. And the D-backs today up 11-6. So as I was saying, Paven Smith hit a home run. Wow. And the bottom of the eighth or excuse me in the top of the eighth good job for Paven Smith as we always like to say friend of the pod uh pretty proud of that guy we always as I say give him crap for his lack of power and it's true he doesn't have a ton of power but I think he's a pretty good contact hitter and with a home run uh in this game uh very proud of Paven Smith but Let's first start before we talk about the D-backs offense Let's, because they put up 11 runs today. So the D-backs offense is absolutely cooking in today's game. But I want to start with the pitching because Merrill Kelly absolutely got crushed today. Now, Patrick Corbin really got crushed today. Former Arizona Dimeback. Good for you, Patrick Corbin, giving up nine earned runs in two innings. Uh, good for you. But Merrill Kelly really got crushed in this game. Because when you're just looking at uh, exit velocity, there was 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 uh, balls in play with an exit velocity of 100 miles per hour or better. Merrill Kelly was responsible for, let's see how many, 1, 2, three. So he was responsible for seven of them. I counted the dudes who... Uh, weren't Merrill Kelly because that's how many Merrill Kelly gave up today. There was 10 balls in play with an exit velocity of 100 miles per hour or better. Merrill Kelly was responsible for seven of them. And the results on a few of them, a double, a home run, a single, a single, uh, another home run, and then two line outs. So dudes were effective. I believe they went five for seven on balls in play that had an exit velocity of 100 miles per hour or better against Merrill Kelly today. Just absolutely getting crushed up there. And when you're looking at the average exit velocity in his game today, the pitch that got crushed the most uh, is his sinker and his curveball. His sinker had an average exit velocity of 94.6 miles per hour. His curveball at 99.1, 99.1. Even his fastball wasn't doing too good. Exit velocity of 89.2. So he was just getting hit hard all over. And we always talk about his you know, velocity. And today it was sitting about 90.9 miles per hour. His fastball was. And that's just not going to cut it if you're not going to locate. And that's something he wasn't able to do today. A saving grace for Merrill Kelly today was uh, just like his last start where he didn't do too well. At least he went six innings in this game and was able to save the bullpen. But two home runs allowed, five strikeouts, only one walk, but nine hits allowed as well. Just bad Merrill Kelly. And so far, he has not looked like the Merrill Kelly that we saw in the 2020 season. And that's really disappointing because we've talked about it a ton on this pod, how he was very effective, easily the second best pitcher in this rotation last year and really gave for the start of the season Zach Gallon a run for his money for the best pitcher on this staff but 
I wouldn't. He right now he's closer to a, a Madison Bumgarner than a Zach Gallon because Merrill Kelly goes out there and seemingly every star gives up a few earned runs. Let's see if I could find his uh, game log real quick. I should be able to find it pretty quickly, honestly. Uh, maybe Statcast has his game log, or I could go to Baseball Reference, which is always a good deal because I want to see how many uh, runs he gave up exactly in his first two starts because is he really uh being madison Baumgartner right now that's not where you want to see so in his first start only three earned runs allowed but he only went four innings and then like i thought six earned runs allowed in his last start went six innings so basically back-to-back -back starts where he did the exact same thing six innings six earned runs allowed and both of the starts nine hits allowed as well so pretty much duplicated what he did last time against Colorado and you can't make the excuse of course field anymore Merrill Kelly is just not good right now as a pitcher maybe it's because he's coming off that surgery that cut his season short last year and he's working his way back remember guys it's still only his third year in Major League Baseball so even though he's over 30 years old he's still a young guy in terms of the sport but now let's transition a little bit and talk about the offense before we wrap up the pod. Because the offense, 11 runs today, and it was capped off by an incredible 7-run second inning where we saw Andrew Young cap it off with a grand salami. D-backs today in the lineup. Tim LaCastro, 1-for-5, one, one run scored. Carson Kelly, as we mentioned on yesterday's pod about how he's been crushing it, had a home run today, so great job on Carson Kelly. We had to talk about Eduardo Escobar in today's pod. That was the plan, as I said on yesterday's pod at the end, that we we're going to talk about Escobar today, and he lived up to the hype as well. Home run for Escobar today. Carson Kelly, two for four, two runs scored, two RBIs. Escobar, two for four as well, two runs scored, one RBI. One RBI for Carson Kelly as well. Uh, Cabrera is 0 for 5. That's okay. Uh, he's been pretty good for the D-backs this season. Nick Ahmed 0 for 4. He just getting back. So we'll give him a little bit of time. 1 for 3 for Paven Smith. 2 RBIs and 2 runs scored. Wyatt Mathewson went 1 for 2 as well with 2 ribbies. Andrew Young went 1 for 2 with the 4 RBIs. So great contributions up and down the lineup for this D-backs team. Of course, Merrill Kelly went 0 for 4 in this game because he's a pitcher. And pitchers suck at hitting. And I wish we took them out of the lineup. Lineup. I wish we got the universal DH, but that is an argument and a debate for another day. Now that's it for this edition of the Lockdown Dimebacks podcast. And remember, be a waiver wire winner with the Lockdown Fantasy Baseball Podcast. It's a daily fantasy baseball podcast hosted by veteran fantasy analyst Scott Cullen, who uses data nearly two decades of fantasy baseball experience to offer the strategies and waiver wire pickups that lead to league wins. Follow Lockdown Fantasy Baseball on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to come back tomorrow for more Dimebacks news coverage and insight. And as always, stay safe and stay healthy. Deuces!